are listening to a message from Bethany First Church of the Nazarene, online at bethanynaz.org. Some days I can't hardly believe that, that I get to do this. I get to uh, study and pray and uh, talk with others and think about this journey with God. And then on Sunday morning, I get to stand up and talk to you about this Christian life. And so I'm excited to share God's Word with you today. Uh, did you hear about the guy who was sitting in the living room with his wife? And he says to her, hey, just for the record, I never want to be in a vegetative state dependent on some machine with a blank stare on my face. If it ever comes to that, just pull the plug. And his wife says, what are you saying? And he says, I'm just saying for the record, I never want to be in a vegetative state dependent on some machine with a blank stare on my face. If it ever comes to that, I just pull the plug. And so his wife stands up, walks across the room and unplugs the television. Yeah. So you know somebody who lives in a vegetative state, maybe. Um, hang on to that for just a minute, okay? So today we're in Matthew chapter 6. And we're looking at the words of Jesus. And Jesus uses a word, and the word that He uses in this paragraph of Scripture that we're going to study is the word seek. S-E-E-K. Now, you and I don't, don't use the word seek a ton. We probably say want. Instead of me asking you, so what are you seeking? I might say... You know, what do you want? But let me just give you a good definition that we can focus on. I think it will help us to try to acquire something, okay? So to seek is to try to gain something or to try to obtain something or to go in search of something or to attempt to find something. And so you might ask it with other language like, like, what are you wanting to acquire or what are you wanting to gain or what are you wanting to obtain or... What are you searching for or what are you attempting to find in life? You understand what I'm saying? So I just thought it would be interesting to do a little research. And so I went online and I just said, so what is America seeking today? So here's what I came up with. Several different categories. One was money. It kind of rose to the top in most of the surveys. People are saying, I want more pay. I want to save more money. I want less debt. And there's a few, you know, material things that I would like to buy. And so maybe I'm talking to people in the room this morning. You go, okay, that doesn't seem weird to me because I would like more pay. And I would like to save more money. And I would like less debt. And honestly, if money's not an issue, there's a few things I would like to buy. Okay? Another category was entertainment. People said, I want to travel more. Anybody in the room with me? I want to travel more, Pastor Rick. I'd love to travel more. Um... Great food. Notice great food is not in the health category, but the entertainment category. Because eating out is kind of like an event. It's kind of something we do. And then there was another study that I read, and these were many studies that I'm combining, that said Americans are wanting more sex on television. The room just got oddly, weirdly quiet right there. But that's what the survey said. Another was love. So I'm looking for love in family. I'm looking for love in friendship. There was a lot of talk about intimacy, and not necessarily sexual intimacy, but just, I want to be known. I want somebody to really know me, and I want to really know other people. And then there was health. People said, I want want a better body. Uh, I want to lose weight. Uh, I want to be in better shape. There was also this conversation that lingered, "I 
I want to live longer, but I want to live healthy longer. So I don't want my last days to be, be tough. And then people are looking for happiness. People said, I'm looking for purpose. I'm looking for meaning. Life's got to have more. I love this one. People said, I think I might be happy or if I could get organized. Just my whole life, my house, my life, everything, just get more organization in my life. I think more organization could make me happier. And then people are also seeking God. Faith is a big deal. How could you not? Augustine said it really well. You have made us for yourself, O God. And our hearts are restless until we find rest in you. So the bottom line is this, that God created us. Every person who lives asks questions like, who put me here? What's my purpose? What am I supposed to be doing? And and we all have a longing for that greater being that made us and placed us here. So I, I think some of you would look at this list and say, hey, Rick, let me just, you know, talk to you for a minute because... I don't necessarily think that everything on this list is bad. No, no, absolutely, I would agree with you. I think probably nothing on this list is bad in itself. Well, maybe there's one exception, but everything else probably in itself is, is good. In fact, you might argue and say, I think that most of the stuff on the list is stuff that we actually need. And I would agree with you. Most of the stuff on the list is actually stuff that most of us really need in our lives. So what's the issue? What Jesus wants to discuss with us this morning is simply this. It's not just about what you want. It's about what you want most. So this is the issue. What do you want? But not just what do you want, but what do you want more than anything else? It's not just about what you want, because we can want a lot of things, and it's not wrong to want a lot of things. Not wrong to want to be loved. Not wrong at all, right? I mean, many things on the list. You can want those things. It's okay. Jesus wants to talk to us this morning in Matthew chapter 6. What do you want more than anything else? What is it that you want more than anything else in the world? Because here's the fact of the matter, okay? Really simple and clear right here. Everybody is seeking something. You are not an exception to this. I'm not an exception to this. Everybody seeks something. Everybody. And we are living into what we seek. Now, what do you mean by living into what we seek? I think I understand when you say that we're all seeking something. But what do you mean when you say we are living into what we want? Here's an example. So I might say to you, you know what I really want? I really want a better upper body. I mean, I want to grow this stuff up here. You know what I'm saying? And so you say, okay, that's what you really want? Yeah, that's what I really want. Do you work out? No. So this is a true story. This morning, I'm walking into the restroom right off the main lobby, and this senior adult guy walks in. He says, good morning, Pastor. And I said, good morning. And he says, Pastor, I don't see you in the gym. He said that to me. I'm like, I mean, is it that apparent, you know, is... So you might say, are you willing to start working out? And I'm like, probably not. Then you're going to say, hey, Rick, I'm just going to level with you, my friend. I don't think that that is really what you want. 
Because eventually, we do what we want to do. Do you know what I really want? All these other things that I'm doing. That's why I do them. I want to. And so not only are we wanting something, but eventually you're going to live into those wants. Those wants are going to become high priority in your life. So let me take you to the Gospel of Matthew. You want to open a Bible to chapter 6, verse 25. So here we have Jesus that is being presented by Matthew to the Jewish people. All right? Matthew says, I'm writing this gospel, this account of Jesus' life, because I want you to understand that Jesus is the continuation and the fulfillment of the story of God and Israel. He is the Messiah. He is the King. He is the teacher like Moses. And He is here to establish God's kingdom on earth. Okay? The kingdom of God is coming, and it's coming through Jesus. And so here's what Jesus says. Uh, Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life. Well, that's, that's asking a lot, don't you think? Because I don't know about you, but sometimes I'm tempted to worry about my life. So don't worry about what you will eat or drink. Don't worry about, what, about your body, what you will wear. So you might argue that wasn't it really different in Jesus' day? And, and didn't people like have... Um, you know, like only one maybe change of clothes. Yeah, yeah, it was different. So, so they don't understand what it is to stand in a closet full of clothes and say out loud, I don't have anything to wear. That's correct. They don't understand that. They didn't get that, okay? It was different. Um, but I think the principle applies very clearly to you as well. Is not life more than food? And the body more than clothes. So he gives two examples. Here's example number one. You ready? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns. And yet your heavenly Father feeds them. So, I mean, are you not much more valuable than the birds? Can any one of you by worrying at a single hour to your life, does worrying really change anything? And, and why do you worry about clothes? This is example number two. See how the flowers in the fields grow? They do not labor. They don't spin. Yet I tell you that even Solomon, you remember Solomon had lots of wealth, lots of material possessions. And all of his splendor was not dressed like one of these. And so if that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today, but tomorrow it's thrown in the fire, meaning like the sun burns it up, will he not much more clothe you? Where's your faith? You of little faith. So do not worry. Saying, what am I going to eat? Or what am I going to drink? Or what am I going to wear? For the pagans, people who don't, who don't acknowledge God, who have no faith in God, they run after these things. And your heavenly Father, He knows that you need them. Okay, here we go. But seek first. There's the word. Try to acquire, try to gain, try to obtain, search for, attempt to find. First, what if the thing that was the most important to you, what if this is what you wanted more than you wanted anything else in the world? 
What of all the things that you want, you wanted this most, okay? Seek first. It's like priority. Number one, seek first God's kingdom and His righteousness. Righteousness basically means to be right with God, right? And all of these things, meaning what you're going to eat, drink, wear, and tomorrow, all that will be given to you as well. So therefore, don't worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow will worry about itself. I think you're going to give me a big amen after this because it's really true. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Amen? Amen. So I'm not a, I'm not a cook, but there's a few things that I make. And even those few things that I make, I have to use recipe. Not only do I have to use recipe, but I have to follow the recipe very, very close. And here's what I've learned about a recipe is that it comes to you in a particular order, okay? And so it says, first do this, then do this, then do this, then do this. Here's what I've learned that you can't do with the recipe. You can't say, I think I'm going to do step number 11 first, and then I'm going to do step number 3, and then I'm going to do step number 7, and then step number 1, and then step number 4. If you do that, your kitchen is going to be a mess. You're going to be a mess. What you're making is going to be a mess. You know what I think Jesus is trying to say? You have to do life in the right order too. There's like a right order for life and there's a wrong order for life. And you've got to get life in the right order. You can't get up every day and start your day with life out of order. It just doesn't work out. And so Jesus says, I think this is what life looks like out of order. Getting our lives out of order is a real possibility. It can happen to anybody. Now let me give you kind of a list of what that would look like, okay? Here we go. Life out of order would be, okay, first I'm going to focus on what I'm going to eat and what I'm going to drink and what I'm going to wear. And and what about tomorrow? And what about all this stuff in my life that's going on and I don't really have control over and I don't know what to do? And what about all the what ifs? And then after I get what I eat worked out and what I drink worked out and what I wear worked out and what about tomorrow and all my worries, then I'm going to say, okay, what about God and what about what God wants? That, that would be life out of order. And Jesus says not only is it life out of order, but it's a life with a lot of worry. And the reason that it's life with a lot of worry is because I've got God so far down on the list that I can't expect Him to take care of this stuff. And so it's all up to me. And tomorrow's up to me. And my provisions are up to me. And so therefore, I'm worried. And Jesus says, you don't want to live your life that way. You don't want to get up tomorrow morning and start your life that way. There's a better way to live your life. Jesus says, in fact, I'm not going to worry and you shouldn't worry either. And here's why. He gives us three reasons of why you would not worry. Okay? And here's reason number one. Because God values you. You're important to God. You matter to God. God cares about you. God knows you. God knows the number of the hairs on your head. God knows what you're concerned about. God knows about your needs. God values you and already knows what you need. So why would you spend all of your energy worrying if God already knows what you need and He really values you? You're important to Him. Number two, Jesus says, I wouldn't worry because worry doesn't make anything better. I got this friend. And I just, I just sometimes think, how, how do you live like this? I'm tempted to worry. Sometimes this is an issue for me. I don't think he ever is. And I say to him sometimes, how, how do you do this? 
I don't think you ever worry about anything. And he just looks at me one day and he says, it doesn't help. It's not even going to help my kids if I worry about them. It doesn't make anything better when you worry. Why would I worry? That's what Jesus is saying. Worry doesn't make anything better. But my doctor is sitting in front of me and he would tell you that when you do worry, it can make things worse medically for you. If you live in worry and stress, it messes with you, right? And then the third thing Jesus says is don't worry because when you get to tomorrow, guess who's already going to be at tomorrow? That's going to be God. You know, God's with you today, but God's going to be with you tomorrow. So, worry's not going to make anything better. Jesus says, who can add anything to their life by worrying? Nobody can. You can't. When you get to tomorrow, God will be there. Don't worry about tomorrow, Jesus says. God's got it. So, you might say to me, I, I want to get there. I like it. Rick Harvey, I'm telling you, if anybody tends to worry, it's me and... And, uh, and I need to hear this today. And i got stuff going on in my life right now that's kind of got me worked up. So how, how do you get to this place? I want to know how do you get to this place where you, you really begin to live into this. So let me just think out loud with you a little bit. Sometimes I just love it. Just love it. When I hear things through my week. And, and it's most weeks. And, and I'm hearing about people. And when I say people, I mean you. And, and what you're doing with your lives. So we have a lady in our church whose name is Evelyn, and Evelyn, her house caught on fire a while back and um, ended up just really hanging some tarps around to still live in part of the house, and then her husband passed away right after that, and, and life has just been tough. But Evelyn is walking with Jesus, you know, and it's a big, big move in her life, big change. She's, she says, okay, from now on... I'm going to get the order right. It's, it's God and what He wants. And then I'm going, to, I'm going to just trust God with these other things. And so sure enough, God comes along beside Evelyn in the form of Habitat for Humanity. And they say, we're going to fix your house, Evelyn. And they get involved and we start asking people to volunteer. And I'm just hearing stories every week. So just a couple of weeks ago on a Saturday, last week I think it was, 25 or so college students, university students, showed up at Evelyn's house and spent the whole day working on her house. Isn't that awesome? And then there's a guy in our church who's an electrician. His name is uh, John. And he just says, you know, I'm going to take care of all the electrical stuff in Evelyn's house. Just going just gonna to rewire her whole house. Isn't that great? And then I've been hearing stories like crazy of you going down and spending all day working on Evelyn's home. And it's getting to the point now that Evelyn's home is going to be ready to move back into before long. Isn't that great? We've been praying about what can we do in the community of Two Lakes to be a blessing in the lives of the people in that community. And one of the things that we realize is a real need in this community is health care. I mean, this is a need in this community. And so we've been talking to different entities. Is there any way possibly that we can get you to come in? And can we partner with you and support you as you offer health care? And hasn't worked out. But finally, we found a clinic called Open Arms Clinic on 50th and Meridian. And they said, we will partner with you and we will help you get free health care into Two Lakes community. And it's been complicated and it's taken a while. And you understand that stuff is sticky but it looks like in October because you faithfully give and you are signing up like crazy to volunteer and we have built two exam rooms already in that building 
that in October we're going to have free health care coming into that Two Lakes community. And you guys are lining up to get involved with it. I love it. We, we, we're concerned right now about just the pantry needs and the food needs in the Two Lakes community. I'm just telling you, it messes with us. It messes with us that we think children in that community are not getting enough food to eat. It bothers us. It worries us. And so, it's a new day for the pantry in Two Lakes. And we are taking major steps right now to even serve at a greater level than we have been serving food in that Two Lakes community. And, and when we announce that, that's when all of you step up. The, the time that you respond the best, it's when we share needs like these. That's when you guys just start opening your wallet and you just kind of say, hey, let me put two lakes on my recurring giving account. And you just come out in a major way. And, and I think to myself, you get it. You really understand this. And it's what Jesus is talking about. This is kingdom stuff, right? This is what matters greatly to God. Jesus comes saying, hey, the kingdom of God is coming near you, right? What's that look like, Jesus? And she, Jesus says, it's, it's where the poor get good news. That's what it looks like, Jesus says. It, it, it's where prisoners are free. It's where the blind get to see. It's where, it's where the oppressed, people are living under oppression. It's where they get released. And that's what it looks like when life gets put in order. We say, you know what? I'm going to change the order. And here we go. Number one, what about God and what He wants? It's not at the bottom anymore. It's at the top. So now my life is about, okay, let's just think about God and what He wants. What's on God's heart? What does God care about? What moves God? So we're going to focus there. And here's the really incredible news that Jesus gives us. I've got this stuff. I'm going to focus on what you're going to eat and drink and wear and I'm going to worry about tomorrow with you. I'll take care of that. I'll be in your tomorrow when it comes. Let me just give you Jesus' actual words. Okay, here's what He says. Seek first His kingdom, His righteousness in all these things. I'm going to give to you. I don't believe Jesus is saying that you should begin to live a thoughtless life. And that you should live irresponsibly. And that you should not even plan. No, I don't think that's what Jesus is saying. I think He's saying, look here. You get your life in the right order. And you put the kingdom in righteousness. Being right with God. That's what righteousness means. You put that first in your life. And you keep it there. And God's going to bless you and walk with you. And make sure that your needs are taken care of. So you might be tempted to say, Rick, I, I don't know. Some days I wonder if anybody is thinking about my life or thinking about my future. I want you to hear me. God is thinking about your life. God's thinking about your future. He thinks about you all the time. Do you remember last week we talked about not only is He thinking about your future, but God is omnipotent. Meaning that God can do anything. God has unlimited power. It's what Paul meant in Ephesians when he said, Now to Him who is able to do far more 
What do you mean by that, Paul? Far more. I mean abundantly beyond all that we ask, even that we can think up, dream up, imagine. Okay, God can do anything. Not only is God concerned for you, but He has all power and He can do anything. And so here's what Jesus is saying. I love this. Okay, look at this. Beyond. Go ahead, back to that. Giving you the kingdom of God and righteousness, God says, I'm going to give you a lot more than that. If you make my kingdom number one in your life, the most important thing, what you want most, not only am I going to give you that and make you righteous, but I'm also going to take care of you. I will go beyond what you ask for and give you even more. So this is a principle that God has proven to me and my wife and our lives over the years. So when I was uh, 23, I moved to uh, Kansas City to attend seminary. I felt that God was calling me into the ministry, and I wanted to go to seminary after college. My first day in Kansas City, my friends realized that I had never met Annette Stone. And so they got excited and couldn't believe that somehow they had missed all this I'm single, she's single, they're married, and they just said immediately, you're going to marry her. And so they went in the kitchen, because that's where phones were in those days, and they called her. And they said, Rick Harvey just moved here. He just got here. We're eating dinner together. You're going to meet him Sunday. You're going to marry him. So on Sunday, I met her, and I'm standing in the church, and I'm talking to her. They're all standing over here watching us meet for the first time, okay? And we're talking, and we've been talking about two minutes, and the pastor walks up of the church. His name was Keith Wright, an awesome man, a great mentor for me. He walks up, and he sticks out his hand to shake hands with me, and he says, Hey, I'm Keith Wright. What's your name? Very positive guy. And I said, My name's Rick Harvey. Where are you from, Rick? And I said, well, I'm a Trevecca boy. I'm coming here to seminary. He looks at Annette and he says to Annette, "Um, what's your first name? And she says, my first name is Annette. Now, we've known each other for two minutes at this point. He spins around and says to his wife, who is talking to our friends watching us meet, hey, Liz, come here. I want you to meet Rick and Annette Harvey. (laughs) And Annette's face was total shock. You know, and uh, and he said, I've said something wrong. And I immediately said, no, God's working. This is good. You keep keep going. I really did. I said that. That was impressive to her. Um, Annette and I ended up getting married within a year. And she has enjoyed 33 years of total bliss with me. Sometimes I tell Annette, I say, uh, Baby, I'm just too good to you. She never buys that one, though. Never agrees. So here we are. We're married. We're living in a little apartment that we're renting. I've got a job at a bank, and I'm bringing home a cool 100 bucks a week. Yeah, we're rolling in the dough. And Annette has a full-time job, and so she's bringing home a little more. And we would go to church at Kansas City First Church. And every year, Missions Sunday would roll around, and we would be challenged to give to others, to give to kingdom stuff. And here we are, scraping by, 
And I remember Annette and I would pray, and we would talk, and we would think about what we gave the last year to missions. But we would say, we, we want to give more this year. Don't know quite how it's all going to work out, but we would often pray about a number, and then we would come together, and we would talk and pray together, and we would write down a number, and we would turn it in, and we would say, you know, by faith, and it was faith, we promised to give this much to missions. So can I just tell you, tell you today something? We've done that for 33 years. And there's not been one year that we didn't give at least as much as we wrote down. Not one year. Every year, somehow God just kind of said, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take care, I'm going to help, I'm going to... And, and, and every year we were able to give at least the full amount we had written down. Let me tell you something else. In all these 33 years, I've never missed a meal. And on top of that, I've had a lot of ice cream. We've never had a week where we didn't have gas in the car or where we didn't have a car. We've never not been able to pay the electric bill. We've never had to sleep in a cold house for that reason. Just, just over the years, God continues to prove Himself. If you will put the kingdom of God first and His righteousness, then all these other things, you don't need to worry, I got this. Now, I think that it would be maybe helpful to have this conversation before I stop. And, I, and, and that is, you might say, Rick, I, I hear you. That's great. It's not where I am. I'm not even sure how to get there. I, I, would, just, I would just offer this to you before I stop. And, and that is simply that, that God extends grace to us in many ways. God gives us grace to grow in our faith in many ways. God encourages us in many ways, right? And so in, in my life, here's, here's what that has looked like more than anything else. It, it typically wasn't a zapping which I, I like zappings. I wish I had more zappings. Do you know what I mean? Where God just goes, boom, you're better, you know. Or just, boom, you're different. But, but for my life, it's worked more like this. There have been practices that I have involved in that God has used to change me. One of those practices would be this right here. Being in church with the family of God on Sundays, looking at God's Word together. And, and, and often when I come here, it's where God speaks to me and does something in my heart. Another is when I get up in the morning and I find a time to, to open God's Word and, and read God's Word and, and pray. It's often in those moments that God really speaks to me. <laughs> and sometimes He wears me out in those moments. You know what I mean? And sometimes it's when I'm in my small group that God speaks to me through those people who are invested in my life. And, and sometimes it's when I go serve somewhere that God really does something in me. And sometimes it's when I give. And sometimes when I set goals to give that I don't know quite how I'm going to reach. 
And sometimes it's when I'm investing in somebody's life who doesn't know Jesus. And, and it's through often practices that become a means or a channel through which God moves grace into my life to change me. I, I like to think about Him recentering my heart. And so this morning, could we maybe before we go just um, bow our heads together, okay? And the silence is not always the easiest thing in the world. But could we be in the silence for just a few minutes? And maybe just say, okay, Lord, I've heard a lot today. And I'm thinking about what's important to me. But right now I'm trying to think about what is most important to me. So what's at the top of my list? Can you just... Kind of think and pray in those ways. And Lord, you, you see my heart. What do you see when you look at me? And so with that, I'm just going to be quiet for a moment. And then in a moment, we're going to sing. But maybe just ask God, just show me what you see. And, and show me if there's some changes that I need to make. Talk to me about my priorities and what matters most to me. You have been listening to a message from Bethany First Church of the Nazarene. Visit us online at bethanynaz.org.